We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in uh, New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. And I have right next to me, right here, right here, touch him. In fact, I just did. Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from picturesque Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And this is uh, June with the Dumb Guys. June with the Dumb Guys. That's, that's what we're a special <laughs> Dumb Guy theme here. Uh, uh, and so Matt told us, seriously, Matt, though, for the next time we get together, something a little more contemporary. I, I'd like to think that you've done something dumb since you were an eighth since grader. Since my eighth grade year. <laughs> with your Twinkies. I will give it some thought. And if I really have to, John, I will go out and intentionally do something dumb <laughs> just so I can share it on the air with you. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because cause I, I, that's my goal every day. I, 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 my goal is to do one dumb thing because I'd like to have goals I can accomplish. We have aspirations. <laughs> right? and... Isn't they tell you? Make your goals something that you attainable. can accomplish. Attainable. That's Celebrate the them each day. Yeah, so every day, one dumb thing at least. That's what you talk around the dinner table. What dumb thing did you do today? <laughs> today. Good job, guys. <laughs> so here's the dumb thing I did. So we're, we're, we're eating at a Denny's. I, I, I want to clarify okay. that. It's another food one, huh? <laughs> well, All of these have to do with food. Well, but the, the reason I'm emphasizing Denny's is because we're not at like America's some, Diner. some super fancy restaurant like Giovanni's on the Hill or something, you know, uh, where like Oprah, Oprah eats at Giovanni's on the Hill. Now, this is just your common, ordinary day Denny's. I think we're on a trip. They well, don't make the grilled cheese with your fancy <laughs> cheese there at the that's Denny's, right. do they? There's no cotswold, and they're not using mayonnaise for, for the moisture there on the bread. So I'm going to the restroom, and I walk into the restroom, and Matt... I mean, there's like there's like a, a mural on the wall, and and there's a couch there in the restroom, Ooh. and and there are trees. They've got like potted trees, and there are like flowers on every every. <laughs> How sink. big is this, Denny's? <laughs> well, no, no. Here's the thing, and I suddenly realize. There are no urinals. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. So I walked into the ladies' room and immediately walked out as quick as I could. Oh. Luckily, there was no one in there at the time. I think that qualifies <laughs> as a dumb guy thing, <laughs> did you? Dumb guy. Oh, that's every man's nightmare. But that's the thing. It was such a beautiful, wonderful <laughs> restroom. And now I'm realizing, no wonder the ladies, would you like to go with me to the restroom, right? You know, if you got a couple of gals there? Sure. This is how it is. Why is why is this, Matt? Why is it that their restrooms are so? It is inequity. No, well, no, yeah. I, I never go in the ladies' restroom, well, so I, I don't know what I'm missing. Well, they don't let us, and now I know why. So because you, they have it really plush. You've seen the other side. The veil well, has been lifted. Because, you know, I went over to the men's side, and no, it's just it's what it is. Just damp floors. Damp, <laughs> no like paper towels laying all over them. No soap. Maybe it has to do with men. <laughs> Maybe it's a guy us. thing. Yeah, we, we can't handle we, the nice things. <laughs> we did. We just make it a mess. That's why the mean? men's room doesn't have nice things. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can't take care of nice things. <laughs> Real quick, though, just to, to, to f- finish the story, because this, this is <laughs> oh, literally this is more to the well. Story. No, no. Here's the point. 
Ladies, I, we found you out. This is literally true. Used to play tennis at St. Clair Tennis Club before I injured my shoulder, and 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 one day we were in there playing, and they were re, they were working on the men's restroom. Sure, they were unclogging the toilet or something. <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, so the gal said, "Look, we don't have anybody here. It's just you and Larry. Larry Rutassel is my buddy. You and Larry. You you guys can use the ladies' room. Your you know the ladies' shower and everything like that." We walk in, in the men's room, Matt. We have a we have a, a a bench. That's what we got. We got a bench to sit on. It's probably one big open shower area. Yeah, and we yeah. all share, share the same shower. We go into the women's locker room. They have nice, uh, uh, you know, padded chairs. They all have individual places to change their clothes and individual showers and everything. What's so going I, on I, here? I don't know. Yeah, late. I don't know. We, yeah. Ignorance is bliss. It is. And see, now now your eyes have been opened, and it's going to be hard to be content. I now. just, now I'm going to men's room, and like you say, the, but again, you're right. Maybe it has something to do with men. <laughs> it, it might <laughs> very just, well. Probably might as well just give us one big shower area because <laughs> you're just going to make a mess of the little individual. I am so sorry. We have to get back onto the show because this is Wrestling with the Basics, and... All right, now, there's no time for foolishness. And it's all about dumb guys in the Bible, and we're doing Acts chapter 2. And yeah, this is great because last week we got to hear them called dumb. We're not yeah. calling them dumb. The people in the Bible are calling yeah. them dumb. Yeah. So just a just real quick review. So sure. So a couple weeks ago we talked about the Tower of Babel and we talked about how lots of dumb guys. Oh there. boy, lots of dumb guys doing dumb things, trying to build this tower and trying to build it all the way to heaven, make a name for themselves, and and stay in one place and not be dispersed as God had instructed them to. But we hear now in the the book of Acts, the account of Pentecost, and that be reversed in many ways. Yeah. That the God, instead of that language being confused, that language is, is understandable. That the Holy Spirit comes and these followers of Christ, the apostles, they're able to speak in languages and that that the Spirit has given them utterance. Uh, and people say, well, these are dumb guys. These are guys from Galilee. How is it that we hear them speaking the mighty works of God in our own tongues? And that's that's exactly the point. They are dumb guys. And, and on their own, there's no way they could do that. It has to be the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and, man, I just appreciate that, Matt, because you're right. It's not that they're not dumb guys. They are. They're right. They're from Galilee. They, they should not have any really understanding of what's going on here. Of course, the people they're talking to are dumb guys, too, because they assume this is because they're drunk. But that doesn't make that's. I, I keep remembering the passage in the, the, the Bible that says an atheist is a fool. Mm. Atheism to deny the work of God is just—it's just foolishness. There's plenty of, now. Now, whether you want to believe what we believe that Jesus is the Savior, I know that's more difficult. But to think that there isn't any God at all—that seems kind of dumb as yeah. well. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, what is God going to do with these dumb people here? Well, He's. He's going to proclaim his mighty works, well, and, and that's that's what they're doing now. And then I think you know in Peter's sermon, then which is what follows, he gets specific about those mighty works are. All right, shall I just start reading where we left off? Sure, if you want to. Yeah. Okay. So we, we've got a, we've got people calling him drunk already, yep. and then uh, and now Peter's going to can respond to that and see what he has to say. Well, and I know you didn't want to miss this because this is like the theme verse of wrestling with the basics. Yes. <laughs> But Peter, standing with the eleven, so there we got the identity of the twelve, as you said last week, lifted up his voice and addressed the men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. <laughs> in other words, nine in the morning. <laughs> exactly it's... when you listen to wrestling with, with the, the basics, basics. Yeah, isn't that yeah, interesting yeah. yeah so that's that's kind of our theme verse uh x chapter 2 verse 
15. Uh, because the bars aren't open yet. <laughs> That's the but thing. But if it's they were. <laughs> it's too early. That's right. Yeah, no, we're yeah. just two dumb guys. Yeah, we're just two dumb That's guys. That's what it is. We're not drunk. <laughs> uh, um, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think, you know, I, as we, we talked about last week, uh, the Festival of Pentecost and people are gathered from these 12, na- 12 different regions and areas and the whole world in many respects represented there and they're brought together to Jerusalem. What a, what a Amazing opportunity for the gospel now. Oh, yeah. For, for what Peter's about to say, and then the next verses we're going to read, for that first sermon, really, first sermon of the early church to be recorded and heard with ears that are now going to travel and go back and be dispersed over the face of the earth as God commanded, even back to Adam and Eve, but now with the message of the gospel. And I think, too, I, I mentioned last week about our um, some of our Nepali friends who are refugees and how they've come to know Jesus Christ, and, and they've heard the gospel and believed and been baptized. And I was just thinking about how, just as God gathered the nations to Jerusalem, to that city, to hear the word, you know, that's that's what God does sometimes today, even through these refugees. Yeah. You know, here, it, you know, a few decades ago, if you wanted to share Jesus with a Hindu person from Nepal, impossible. You, impossible. You have to travel over seven thousand miles to Kathmandu, and and it would cost you a few thousand dollars to travel by plane, and then you know you have a language barrier and all these other things that are happening. But, but today, you travel just a few miles, in some cases, to, to the St. Louis, you know, the south side of the city. And, and here's an opportunity to share Christ with people. So, you know, if you know, we can, politically, I think we can differ. We know refugees, no refugees, how many refugees, what types of refugees we welcome to, to America. But I think as, as Christians, what we can agree upon is, you know, once refugees are here, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to share Christ with them and with people that we may not have ever been able to talk to otherwise. And also people that may be in their home country don't have the freedom to hear about Jesus. But here in America, we can say whatever we want. We are free to tell them about a Savior who loves them very much, who died and rose for them. I, I remember years ago, one of one of the mission directors of, of the Lutheran Church in Missouri sended, uh, I, I can't remember if he was addressing a convention or a pastor's conference or whatever, but he pointed out the world is not such a friendly place anymore to missionaries. I, I mean, there yeah. was a time when, yeah, we could send missionaries all over the world. And, and now, as you kind of alluded, there are a lot of places where, frankly, they don't want missionaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to get in kind of the back door. You're going to teach English as a second language or something. But to actually come and, and uh, evangelize, sure. nope, we're not interested in that. But that's what he pointed out. He said, that's okay. God said, well, that's fine. If they won't let you go to them, I will actually bring them and to amazing. you. And, and as you said, some of these people don't stay here. They come over as refugees, but then they'll return home. And, and, and they, they bring the message uh, to their, their brothers and their sisters and their family members over there as well. So exactly. God, God is determined. He wants everybody to know that he is a God who loves all nations. Yeah. It is true he came from one nation. We, we need to acknowledge that, yes, God, Jesus was a Jew. He came from the Israelite people. Yes. But the intent always was that from that one nation we would come a blessing for all nations. Yeah, He's not a God just of Jewish people. He is the God of all, all nations. And if, if that wasn't the case, he wouldn't have given them this ability on the day of Pentecost, to share it with all nations. Wouldn't need it to speak to the Hebrews and you'd be satisfied. So just as he brought the nations to the doorstep of the apostles there in Jerusalem, he he brings them to our doorstep today, too. And and what a a great opportunity we have to share Christ. And I'm glad to see our our church body, the LCMS, uh, reaching out in the nations, certainly, 
mission work for mission super important but also here in the u.s too domestically you know mission field usa that idea that this is a mission field right here and we need to recognize that too there's great opportunities for for you and i and for our listeners too to reach the nations wherever god's planted us even just here in the u.s so anyway so i'm going to make a suggestion here rather than read the entire uh prophecy from joel sure. Unless there's, you want me to? Or, or, I was just going to jump to the no, conclusion. There, there's just so much good stuff. You know, we can't is. just get yeah. to it all. So, yeah, let's um, let's go ahead and jump ahead. Although I would point out, I think it's interesting, on the day when he is filled with the Holy Spirit, he immediately starts reading from the Scriptures. Because he could he could just start, right? He is filled with the Holy Spirit. He oh, is, he's yeah. doing Scripture right now himself. Yeah. But he still wants, that's how the Holy Spirit is. Always wants to bring us back to the Bible. Isn't that great? And yeah. I, we, we talked about... Well, last week, too, that, that, you know, we always looking for some amazing experience, maybe when the Holy Spirit's at work. But what does he do? He just reads the scriptures. That's that's amazing in and of itself, because God's word is powerful. That's that's great. No, he doesn't get him say, hey, let me show you some of the wonders and miracles I can perform now that I got the spirit. No, no, he says, I just want to read you what the Bible says. And it is a prophecy about that God was going to send his spirit upon all flesh. Uh, and then it concludes with, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the thing. We've heard the mighty works of God, the crowd said. Yeah, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. Mm-hmm. Any questions or comments about that, Matt? Or shall I press on? To yeah, let's go to press sermon? on. Sure, right. let's go on. So there's the text. And just as we do it on every Sunday morning where the house of the Lord is filled with the Spirit, we read from the Scriptures and then we preach on it. And so Peter says... Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Yeah, impossible to stay dead. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. impossible. He had to come back to life. He couldn't help it. That's just what God does. God doesn't stay dead. Uh, that's beautiful. And then I think the other insight too is well, there's a bunch of insights here, but another one is you crucified. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And for these folks, maybe some of them were in that crowd yep. yelling "crucify him" yep. fifty days or so earlier. Uh, and whoa, how convicting that's got to be. But then we, we view ourselves too, right? And we think, well, because of my sin, I I had a hand in crucifying him too. It's it's my sin that that he's dying for on the cross too to pay the price of. Uh, so we're just as guilty as this the crowd here on the day of Pentecost. We need to hear that you as yeah, speaking to us. Yeah. I mean, again, that's the great heresy. Oh, it was the Jews or the Romans that crucified no. him? But no, it's not. It's you. Anybody who sinned, they crucified him. Yeah, yeah. And then that's that's interesting too. But but then who raised him? God, God. Yeah. yeah, they're great. So, so our we crucified him, our sin, but no, God raised him from the dead. I just think it's neat too because they thought it was impossible for him to be raised from the dead. That these, yeah. these dumb disciples, they figured the body would still be in the tomb. Yeah, no, what's impossible is for him to stay dead. There you go. It's just the opposite. Yeah. Anything more? Should I keep reading? Oh, yeah. Let's keep going. For All right. For David says concerning him, and again, we're back to the Bible again, quoting the scriptures. I saw the Lord always before me, for he's at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life, and you will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried in his tomb is with us to this day. 
being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ. Matt, talk about that. I have to get a drink. I'm about to cough. Okay. So, so going back to Scripture, like you pointed out, and even there, David's speaking in that prophetic role. Uh, as Peter points out, he prophesies that he won't let his Holy One, and, and in our, my version here, English Standard Version, that's even capitalized to emphasize that. The Holy One, Jesus Christ, not talking about David, but David's greater son, Jesus, he won't let him see corruption, uh, won't abandon his soul to Hades, right? So, yeah, Jesus is going to die, but no, the, the grave isn't the end. His, his soul, his body's not going to be abandoned there. No, he's he's going to rise. His body's not going to see corruption. It's not going to decay and become dust like ours will someday. No, he's going to rise. And, and that's how we know it's got to be about somebody other than David, because they actually had the bones of yeah, David. Yep. You know, he'd had corrupted all of this. He's dead and buried. Yep, yeah. Uh, should I keep on reading? Sure. All right, anyway, I'll pick it up again. He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says... The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, whom you crucified. <laughs> so that we are all witnesses of the resurrection. And, and again, we're speaking of these apostles primarily here. And that's really one of the requirements for being apostles, so to see with your own eyes, that Jesus really yeah. is raised. It's to, that important. Taught, taught by Jesus, and yeah. you had to be a witness of his resurrection. Yeah, it's yeah. that very important, the resurrection itself. The teaching of Jesus and the resurrection to know that he really is raised from the dead. God did raise him from the dead, most certainly. And, and I think we need to emphasize that it's, that, you see, that's the point. This isn't some kind of philosophical, uh, mythical, symbolic discussion we're having here. No, these men actually saw what they thought was impossible, but with their own eyes and with their own fingers, they felt and saw the fact that he was resurrected from the dead. Yeah. Um, and we yeah. have their testimony here. And, we, and that's the requirement. It's not that they got to be real smart or have a seminary education or not be a dumb guy. No, yeah. no, no. And not that those things not are that bad. Not those things are bad. No. no. But but to be an apostle. Yeah, to be an apostle in this yeah. case, in this sense, is to see, to be where witness to the risen Christ. Right. That eyewitness account. Uh, and then it seems like in these verses, you, you start seeing they get it. They get oh, it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. You know, the, the disciples have been pretty dumb guys in the past. Jesus told them about his death. And, and Peter himself, the guy who's preaching here, says, no, Lord, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And, and he says, get behind me, Satan. And time and time again, he says, he's going to die and rise. And the disciples don't get it. But here, you know, they, they get it. They're connecting the dots. And again, it's not because of them. They're dumb guys. It's because of the Holy Spirit. And he even points out that, yeah, Jesus ascended. He's at the right hand of the Father. But now he's poured out the Holy Spirit as you yourselves are now seeing and hearing. They connected the dots. Okay, Jesus kept his promise. He sent the helper. He sent the Holy Spirit when he said that it's better that I go and depart because I'm going to send the Spirit for you. And they see, uh-huh, well, here it is. 
And, and think about the tremendous change the Spirit has wrought in them, because before these were the guys that were hiding for fear, and now they're right up in front of the very people who crucified Jesus, proclaiming the good news that he is resurrected. Uh, but again, it's a personal thing. I think I hope everyone listening yes. understands that this is the same thing the Spirit is doing for us. We are all dumb guys. This is beyond our comprehension. We cannot understand any of this. Faith is beyond our ability. And when you encounter that, when you encounter those doubts and questions, say, oh, that's right. I am a dumb guy. I'm a sinner. That's what I should expect. But then you just keep doing what we're doing. You just keep listening to the Word of God and trust God that he will keep his promise and that the Holy Spirit will call and gather and keep you in the true faith. And you can be sure of that because it's not about you. It's yes. about what God says he's going to do. And the, 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 exactly. The Holy Spirit does it day. And the Holy Spirit, like Luther says in the Catechism, calls me by the gospel. Yeah. And I think that's another thing to point out here, and I know, I know you have in the past, too, that here on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit's big day, right? Yeah. The whole sermon's about the gospel. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know? all about Jesus. It's yeah. all about yeah. Jesus. It's about him being put to death, certainly, but God raising him to life. And so the Holy Spirit calls by the gospel, by the good news centered in Jesus Christ. That That's what the Holy Spirit does. He doesn't point people to himself, but but to Christ. And that's that's still what he does today. As we as we come to worship, as we hear Christ proclaimed, as we read the word and see Christ throughout the Holy Spirit at work, calling us by the gospel. Same thing he's doing here in Pentecost. And and, and here's the thing: sometimes it doesn't seem like it's working. I understand that. Sometimes yes. you probably go to church or you listen sure. to Wrestling with the Basics, and you think, "I'm not getting anything out of this." Probably not a surprise with Wrestling with the Basics, but <laughs> but no, that's the thing. God says, "My word does not return to me empty." You just remember, okay, I'm a sinner. That's why sometimes I don't feel. Like like I'm getting it, but God's word will be faithful. It will accomplish. The faith you need will be there when you need it. In fact, Matt, could we read this last verse of Peter? Because it answers the question, what do you need yeah, to have to have the Holy Spirit? So when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone who the Lord our God calls to himself. So there you go. You, you don't need to speak in tongues. You don't need to have the sound of mighty winds. You don't need to have fiery tongues. That was given to these men as the apostles, the witnesses of the resurrection. But all we need to do is have the word and the baptism, and there it is. Jesus Christ, the Spirit, forgiveness, eternal life. It's, it's all there. It's all ours. Yeah. And, and it, it's all ours. And I, I love uh, that. Yeah. I think verse yeah. 39 brings that out. This promise is for, for you, right? But also for your children. For all who yeah. are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And that includes us here today. Yeah. Those who yeah. are far off, those whom the Lord has called to himself by that same word and that same spirit, we're included in this promise that, that Peter brings before the people there on that day of Pentecost. And and I like that far off because now we're back to the thing. This It is for us right now, everybody right here listening to us. But think about the people from Nepal. Think about the people around the world. Think about your friends. Think about your neighbors. God loves them. God wants to give them that same forgiveness, that same salvation. It's all theirs too. Yeah, and even even if we say, "Well, I'm already a Christian," well, why? You know, I've already repented. I believe. Well, but then the Holy Spirit still is at work, right? He, he calls us by the gospel, but he also he sanctifies, he keeps us in that one true yeah. faith. And oh, that's so important because it's uh, we're, we're dumb guys, <laughs> and we live in a pretty <laughs> dumb world out there. And to be sanctified and kept then. 
in that faith through the Word and the Spirit. Oh, we need that. that. That's the thing to remember. We are still sinners. We are still dumb guys. And we are still the people that God loves and strengthens through His Word. That's the beauty of it. Amen. All right. Well, that's our Dumb Guy June. Who knows what theme we'll have when you meet with us next week. It's going to be hard to top. I know. This has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. basics.